Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Welcome everyone inside the Celtics Life Podcast. I'm Mark Allison here with my man Justin Quinn. And we are, Celtics are riding high right now. Six wins in a row. That's uh, best in the NBA at this moment. Uh, they're 7-1 since Thanksgiving, sporting the uh, league's best offense in that time. Scoring uh, 1.2.6 point per, points per possession for you uh, stat heads out there. Uh, Justin, what's going on, man? How you feeling? I'm sick as a dog, but uh, I'm also a doctor. Yes, and that was my next <laughs> thing I was going to know. Our, our, our man, Justin, here is uh, now a doctor. So congratulations from, from everybody. Let's give him a big round of applause, everybody. From, uh, yeah, around the I can't. Long, long time coming and uh, well-deserved. I can't diagnose any uh, medical stuff with the Celtics because um, I'm a doctor of anthropology. Uh, Doc, Dr. Quinn, medicine man. Uh, so anyways, Justin, feeling good about the doctor, not so good health-wise, but uh, how are you feeling about the C's? Um, I, it looks like the offense is coming together. Um, things, are, things are starting to play out the way we kind of thought they would, right? They look like the team I expected to see this season, and now that they finally felt like sunken into some clearly defined roles and acceptance of them, I think they are doing a lot better, and I'm actually enjoying watching this team again. Uh, yeah, I mean, you anyone any Celtics fan who isn't enjoying this recent stretch, anyways, might need to have their head examined. We just had the biggest win in uh, franchise history uh, on Saturday night. Um, One thirty three seventy seven blowout yeah. over Chicago in Chicago, uh, which is good for the best road win in in NBA history, which is pretty remarkable. Um, and, and and this is so like we said, the sixth straight win. Uh, last night against uh, the Pelicans and Anthony Davis, uh, we saw we got to see I, the Time Lord Rob Williams was uh, looked pretty pretty impressive. I mean, we, they were playing last night without four rotation guys, including the, essentially the big three of Irving, Horford, um, and Gordon Hayward, and yet still 
Um, double digit win, one thirteen, one hundred. Uh, what'd you like? What you saw out at Williams and the C's reserves in general? I mean, I really like what I saw from everybody in that game. I actually thought that that was going to be a first loss in a while, just because. I mean, the hospital Celtics came back, and you know, we did do really well last season, looking looking down the barrel of a gun in terms of roster composition, but. You know, when when you finally start to find a formula that works after the beginning of the season that they had, I was really kind of tentative to say that they could continue on the way they were. Just because things were going to get really shaken up, and they were, but they still managed to hold things together really, really well. And to be completely honest, I think Robert Williams was a big part of that. Just in the energy he brings to the court. It's really hard to, to stand next to somebody who is that intense on everything he does and, and just kind of stand around and wait for something to come to you. Yeah, and I mean, and um, he definitely seems to let things – like you said, come to him. Uh, doesn't try to do too much. Um, he had, uh, I think he led the team with 11 boards last night. Uh, he had three blocks. Um, and what did he score? Nine points? Seven Seven points? Just just kind of doing the things that he's, like working at, at his strengths, doing the things that he's strong at. You know, not worried about scoring points. Uh, those come when they come. Um, just playing his role, which I think is his best bet to get in games like, down the season, uh, down the stretch, when when you know he's really the third big man or fourth big man, um, you know, to be able to carve out a role when he comes out and do the things that you do well instead of trying to do things that you don't necessarily need to do, especially with the way uh, the offense has been playing. I'm going to say something that might rub some people the wrong way, uh, or maybe not, because he seems to have a lot of popularity behind him, uh, particularly of recent. He needs to be playing in, in games regularly. He needs to be playing 10 minutes a game, and that a good chunk of that needs to be coming out of Al Horford's minutes. Al needs to be playing 25 minutes a game because his knee hurts. It's been hurting, and it's, this is what happens when you age as a big man. We, we, we need to remember what deprived us of at least one banner during the last Big Three era, and that was namely Kevin Garnett's knee. It got... Sore, and once it got sore, he start he stopped being a useful player. He's still good, you know. He knows the game well enough. He knew the game well enough mm-hmm. to be able to contribute in a meaningful way. But he wasn't truly the same player once that that really started bothering him. And it got worse as the season got longer. So, particularly with a team with this kind of depth, and particularly with a player like him, I mean, he should still be playing games in games with the the, the uh, red claws just so he can get more burn. But he also should be able to go off of Al. Can't be proved that. I mean, couldn't that possibly imagine a more difficult rookie assignment than Anthony freaking Davis? And he stuffed him twice and covered him. He made, he made Anthony Davis reevaluate how he was approaching the game last night. And for a rookie to do that, that just, to me, between Al's ongoing knee problem and his evident ability, it's time to let him get some real burn. Well, well what about taking that a step further? And, and like you said, they're so deep, uh, especially, you know, uh, at the big position, which is something I don't think that we really thought was going to be the case going. I mean, we knew we had 17 point guards on the team, but um, for, for the big men all to be playing as well as they're playing, um, they're definitely a little, they're certainly deeper than we thought. Um, I, I don't think we really knew exactly what we were going to get out of Williams this year, but I mean, seeing as every time he's gotten an opportunity, he's looked pretty damn good. Um, what about sitting down Horford for a few weeks or a month? Um, get that knee right. And then bring him back in a, you know, like you said, at less minutes. And then by, you know, have him running strong so that he can play 30-some minutes a game come the playoffs. Because that's when we really need Al Horford to be Al Horford. Um, Especially when you have a guy like Tice who I think can do a lot of the same things that Horford does. Not necessarily to the same level, but uh, he's kind of a utility big guy. Um, 
he does maybe some things differently. Maybe he's, uh, you know, um, he's kind of a, a tough guy. Um, but I mean, he can stretch the floor a little bit with the shot, not to the extent that Al does, but he can still shoot it. Um, I mean, he's a good passer, great soft hands inside. I think that you can have him come in and I, I, this is what I, I would think most nights as the starter in the Al Horford role. Um, and then you use the other two guys in Baines and, um, uh, Williams to to kind of supplant the those extra minutes and then everybody's getting some run and Al stays fresh or re heals I should say if it's a couple weeks if it's a month whatever it is to get the knee right um, because obviously there's no sense in grinding it away when we have these other options on the bench yeah you know, I don't think that Al needs to prove that he deserves his next contract he's gonna get money from someone if not us and hopefully us uh, so you know just get better because we need you mm-hmm so uh, we talked a little bit um, top of the show about the offense being kind of rounding into form now. Um, to put the numbers in perspective, we said 1.26 points per possession since um, Thanksgiving. Also, um, they're averaging 126.2 points a game, and um, they've moved up from 17th to 11th in just that short, what, two-and-a-half-week period there. And, and now they're third in the league in net rating behind – the Bucks and the Raptors. Kind of surprising that the Warriors aren't up there. Last night, I, I, I forgot to update the notes. Sorry, that's my bad right there. We are now tied with Toronto Raptors in second behind only the Milwaukee Bucks. Okay, so I, I'm still kind of surprised that, that the Warriors aren't there. Um, They've been but, struggling a bit, particularly with Draymond um, Green being out. No, I, even still, I, I still write. I, yeah, I, I know they have been, but I didn't realize it was, you know, that they were behind those guys. Maybe that's also the case of these guys beating up on some more Eastern Conference teams than West, um, at least the bottom feeder guys. Anyways, uh, <laughs> I don't mean the entire Eastern Conference. But, um, yeah, so like we said, the, the offense is definitely rounding into form. Um, the defense has kind of been there. We've seen some lapses here and there. Um, now with the – I mean, we saw last night. It was kind of funny that the hospital Celtics last night, We this the kind of reminded us a lot of the team that we saw in the playoffs last year, right? Um. Uh, th- everybody kind of just fell right back into their roles. Um, but going forward, I mean, how um, how do we keep everybody with with all the bodies in there? I mean, that that we were missing four guys, four rotation guys last night. How do we get everybody, you know, their their shine or whatever their uh, opportunities? Well, I really think that the key to success has been clearly defined roles where on the first unit, it's, it's Kyrie's buffet first and Al, Al when he's hitting. Mm-hmm. And then after that, whoever is open, uh, you know, with Marcus Smart and Marcus Morris, particularly Marcus Morris. Now, we need to talk about Marcus Morris, man, because that man is just out of control offensively in the best. Seriously, like man. 31 point night. It was a season high for him. He was hitting, I think, 75% from the field. That is just absurd. I mean, it was only one game, but I mean, he's hitting a career high for three points, 0.429, mm-hmm. uh, which is like, I think the next highest he hit uh, in his entire career was in the second season for 369. So that is a, a light years ahead uh, to borrow Lake off, uh, turn of phrase. And Honestly, he, I mean, it's not even just like a contract year. I just wrote on this today. It's not just like contract year, Mook. Um, he is 
performing whatever role he's being asked to. He's not just performing as a starter, you know, when he gets gets his way into the starting lineup. He, he's been perfectly content to, to carry the second unit. He's just been a jack-of-all-trades. You know, his defense has been great. There is not a single thing I can really complain about about his performance, particularly recently. And he's been as much as anyone, except for maybe Marcus Smart, uh, instrumental in this winning streak, in my opinion. Yeah, and I mean, he should probably, when this year is all said and done, should get some consideration for the sixth man of the year just because of the way he's been able to be like a chameleon and do all these different things when necessary. Like last night, he had to be the scorer. Um, He knew that, and he carried that load. Um, But at the same time, it's unlikely that he'll have the numbers necessary to do that. But that doesn't mean that he's not necessarily the most valuable six player or one of them in the league. Well, he also may end up getting disqualified if you keep him in the starting lineup for too, too much longer because you can only have so many starts and you'd be eligible for the award. Yeah. What is the, what is the number on that? Do you know? Um, off the top of my head, I don't know, but I, I do know that when, once you pass a certain threshold, it becomes unavailable to you. Yeah. So it's probably what third of the season or something like Roughly. that, or maybe even less than that. Either way, definitely um, something to keep an eye on. And Morris has been playing out of his mind. Um, and like you said, just been able to do... He, I mean, he's always been able to do a lot of different things. But like seeing him last night step up when, you know, lead score's not there and, and carry that load, that was um, definitely... I like. I wasn't joking when it looked like Paul Pierce out there. Some I saw a lot of people sharing stuff on uh, Twitter, some of his moves. And we, and we know that uh, Pierce was more, one of Morris's favorite players growing up and so he uh is definitely uh you can see uh there's a little bit of um what's the word i'm looking for uh <laughs> you, you can see it mimesis mimesis yeah. he uh that sequence yeah. man in the beginning of the second half where he buried three threes in like less than two minutes that was some good shit mm-hmm. so looking around the league um our boy fultz over there markel fultz uh Apparently has some kind of nerve damage. What? What do you know? What? What? What do you know about the story here, Justin? Because I mean, everyone chalked it up to being the yips or some kind of uh, thing. I kind of always thought there had to be something mechanically, technically wrong, physically wrong, I should say, uh, because that's just you don't just start shooting different like a week before you know you start the NBA. So what? Um, what do you know about that, Justin? Well, it's a very specific kind of neuropathy, and that kind of thing tends to scare people because much like the electrical wiring on a car, when it goes bad, it can be very difficult to repair and it's a very individualized situation. So as I said before, I may be a doctor, but I'm not a medical doctor. So take what I'm saying with a grain of salt here. What I do know is that first of all, let me backtrack a little bit. There was an interesting Twitter thread that, a doctor who was uh, basically diagnosing it to be this well before it was ever diagnosed to this, like remotely, not actually seeing Markel. Um, he, he had a very detailed analysis of Markel's shooting form and why it would relate to what was going on with what he thought this, this neuropathy was. And that suddenly disappeared just days beforehand, and some people managed to get some screen caps of it. And I'll see if I can find a way to link it to, to a story up there. Um, some pretty interesting reading. There's been some speculation about whether this doctor has subsequently been invited in to help him recover, but 
the long and short of it is that it restricts your ability to, to lift your arm up into a shooting position, and it can cause all kinds of pain and tingling and discomfort. Uh, and the the fighting that when or not guess you fighting the, the fallout you could say uh, between him and Pure Sweat's uh, Drew Hanlon, the guy who was training everyone, including him this summer. Um, Drew Hanlon made a comment um, about Fultz, saying that it was it was more related to his physical condition and not his mental state, uh, which I think was roundly dismissed because everyone really didn't think it was the yips. Uh, mm-hmm. As weird as getting the yips like this would be, and. You know, I just really feel bad for kid to have gone through all of this under a public microscope, and, and now he's, you know, he's going to continue to be looked at in this funny way for quite some time. And I really just hope he has the opportunity to take some time to get right, and I hope he can get right. You know, I'm not really clear on what the recovery rate on this thing is, but when it comes to neuropathy, like I said, my understanding is it's it's really related to your own your own personal body and how it responds to treatment. So it's very hard to predict how these things are going to turn out. I really, he'll be able to be, you know, a competent NBA player with the skills he has now, but he's going to basically be kind of like a Rajon Rondo kind of player without the the ability to, to shoot. You know, I mean, not that Rajon has that excuse, but. Right, right. No, you know I, what I mean. we all know Rondo. Uh, but um, what, as you know, at what point, you know, seeing as Philly is, uh, you know, at least an Eastern Conference contender anyways, right? They're in the top four teams in the East. Um Debatably, I guess. Um, they at what point do they say, you know, um, do they move on from Fultz and, and and try to get whatever they can get that can actually help them now? Um, I'm not sure what you're going to get in terms of draft pick, and it wouldn't really make any sense to trade him or something like that. But to, um, you know, what what and what 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 could his value be anyways? Like, at what point are you do you? cut the string and at what, like what, what could they even bring get for him? I think that it would be everybody's best interest. Cause he doesn't really fit this current iteration. You know, they clearly mortgage their future to sign Jimmy Butler and he's not going to get to playing time. He needs to develop on this team. Uh, if he gets playing time at all, to be honest. Uh, so it would really behoove them to just suck it up and admit that they just had a bad roll of dice I don't think he's going to be like some people are saying he's the biggest bust in history, and he's not, man. He he's still a good NBA player. He's not uh, an Anthony Bennett type, you know, situation or even Hashim Tabit type of a situation. He he is going to be, you know, borderline mm-hmm. starter just with the skills he has now, just with what we've seen him able to do. A borderline starter to a high end second second uh, string point guard. And he has a place in the NBA, but he's going to need time to develop new skill sets if he can't shoot, you know. And he needs he needs to go to a team that is tanking now so that way he can sit for a year and get right and heal and train and, you know, recuperate and, and then be poised to come into a developing team with a situation where he'll actually fit. You know, Phoenix comes to mind, Orlando, uh, maybe even Sacramento behind uh, De'Aaron Fox because he's not dislodging him, obviously. Um they could definitely use a solid backup for him as well. They don't really have one um, long-term anyway. So there's a lot of places that could mm-hmm. definitely use him. I mean, Chicago is another place. There's plenty of teams out there who could use, you know, a high-risk, high, a low-risk, high-reward because, you know, he, he does have those established skills that we've seen. Uh, but he's going to need, you know, a supportive environment, a good medical staff. And, you know, I've heard people uh, point out that, that – you know, whatever you think of Phoenix's upper management, uh, they do have a very good medical staff, so that would be a good place for him in that regard. Um, realistically, he's a good kid. I just want to see him get to a place where he can actually do something with his opportunity. 
Yeah, I mean, it was kind of something everybody poked fun at at first when you thought it was just somebody whose mental capacity was screwing with him and he couldn't do it. Uh, you know, there were like there was something like he just was freaking out or something about playing in the NBA. But when it, when it comes down to it, it's a medical thing like that. It's it's really a shame that um, as talented as he was, I mean, he was uh, apparently everyone besides uh, Danny Ainge want, want, thought he was the guy number one overall yep. coming into that draft. Um, that was like. And he's a super, super talented guy. Uh, so it, it, hopefully they can figure that out. And uh, But I, I have to admit, I, I don't think it's going to be with Philly. I think they're going to have to move on from him at some point, um, unfortunately. But yeah, maybe a fresh start's what's best for everybody in that situation. So, well, on the on the topic of Eastern contenders here, uh, so the Celtics. Now that we're actually back on the on the uh, looking like the team that many of us thought they were going to be, uh, what's it going to take for the Celtics to actually be contenders this year? Uh, from this point forward, Quinn. Ooh, that's a tough one. I mean, obviously, I think you know you can't plan for health, but you can plan for avoiding injuries and. I really think we've been kind of seeing it happen almost by accident. There might be a little bit of intentionality behind it, but I've been saying this uh, ever since early on the win streak that rotating players, if you have anything that's bothering you, take the night off. Take the night off. Unless it's, unless it's a really important, like if we're, you know, having right. a match with Toronto or something like that, you really want to make a point, really want to keep that momentum strong outside of those kind of matchups, particularly against teams that we're playing in the stretch we're in now. If you have anything going on, take the night off. Well, I think I think we've seen that so far, right? Uh, especially like even like last night's a good example. Kyrie, um, Hayward wasn't feeling well. Oh. Kyrie, ah, why don't you just rest the shoulder tonight? Don't worry about it. We got all these other guys, and we're not worried about being down four starters or role <laughs> guys, anyways. Um, and you know what? They still won the game, right? So. Um, yeah, it's. I think that's. I think that's definitely going to be the case going forward. They're not going to mess around with that stuff. I mean, look at what happened last year. Kyrie was playing with that 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 bad knee, um, kind of played through it all year, and then came to a point where it was okay. Uh, we have to shut it down. Um, so I don't think they're going to let that happen now. Uh, I think last year they probably after Hayward went down didn't actually think they were going to be contending for the title at least. So, um. They didn't really need to save people for the end of the year, but I think this year they're going to look ahead, and Brad's going to, you know, this we're going to make sure that we're fresh going into the postseason, at least as best to, to your best of you. Obviously, freak things happen. We know that. We saw that. Um, but I, I, there's no sense in letting anybody get worn down. Um, just you know, take the night off when you need to, like just like you said. Um, and I think they're going to monitor that as the season goes on. Um, now, it's pretty. Pretty straightforward, I think. I mean, if you look at the, the, the landscape of the NBA right now, it's never been more wide open for a team out of the East to be able to seriously contend the, the mm-hmm. Miami area of LeBron. And mm-hmm. it sounds ridiculous to say that guys taking that off if they have a sore ankle is the key to contending. But, I mean, I really think it is because we've seen the defense is not a mirage by any stretch of the imagination, even during the bad part of the season so far. And we've clearly seen what they, what right. the level they can pour on the offense when they're clicking. Now that they have their roles defined, so really it's just mm-hmm. you know being able to show up in good strength at the end of the season and hoping that the the bad luck that's besetting these other contenders uh, continues to. 
Yes. And uh, I think we all kind of envisioned uh, that they would get it right at some point, right? So now we've seen them in this stretch. Uh, they're the hottest team in the NBA right now. How far does it continue? Because we've got a pretty easy stretch coming up. Uh, we got Washington tomorrow, Atlanta on Friday, followed by Detroit on Saturday, back-to-back there. Um, you know, how far can they take this? Well, I read that we have one of the more favorable uh, schedules in the league for almost the next 30 games. So we could, we could be heading well into mm-hmm. the area of the trade deadline before we start to, to really meet some of the harder teams on the schedule, left on the schedule. You know, we already passed through the hardest part of the schedule. Uh, Boston really got lucky in terms of how – you know, the rest of the season is going. I mean, the beginning of the season was quite the gauntlet, but, I mean, we're through that. We survived it. Uh, we didn't tear ourselves apart internally as a team or as fans, somehow, uh, almost, but not quite. And uh, I don't know. Uh, I'm just going to sit back and enjoy the ride while it lasts. Yeah, and, well, now when people were talking, I mean, this is a couple weeks ago uh, when we were, you know, we're at, uh, I think we were 10 and 9 at the time. Um, people were saying, well, they're never going to catch Toronto, right? Well, look, here we are, the beginning of December here, not even the midway through December. Um, now, the Raptors sit in first in the Eastern Conference at 21-7, and seven, uh, and then the Celtics are fifth at 16-10. and 10. That's only three, three games in the loss column. Not, you know, we're not talking about uh, some kind of insurmountable lead like all the pundits were saying on TV, and it was a race for second, and Toronto was going to run away with it. In fact, the Bucks are are eighteen and eight. They're right there with them. The Sixers, um, nineteen and nine. Pacers are seventeen and ten. And then there's us, and then it's the Pistons. So I mean, we do have a, a matchup with the Pistons coming. That of I, I discredited the three next opponents, but the Pistons are actually a, above five hundred team. They're the sixth seed right now. Um, but I everyone acted like this was some kind of insurmountable lead. And like you said, we've got a pretty cake schedule coming up. Uh, I know when I looked at it through December, at least it was pretty easy. Um, and I, I, I didn't really look into January, but um, certainly, so there's some time here. You can start racking some wins together and, and certainly start closing that gap. Yeah, I think it's definitely a possibility. Uh, I, I'm not really paying, I should take stock of what Toronto's schedule, <coughs> excuse me, looks like for the coming months, but, uh, you know, a four game a four game gap is definitely not insurmountable, particularly if we keep playing like this with the schedule that we have. Indeed, indeed. Um, well, guys, check out the links at the top of CelticsLife.com. We've got a huge variety of shirts and hoodie in our store, and you can even get tickets to the next game under that heading. You can find the pod on Wooshka, iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, Spotify, and most podcatcher apps. Make sure you subscribe so you never miss an episode. And if you like what you hear, be sure to rate us five stars. If you don't like something or have a suggestion, make sure you let us know in the comment on any Celtics Life article or on Twitter with the hashtag CLPod. We're just trying to bring you guys the Celtics coverage you want the way you like it. So from myself and Dr. Quinn, we'll see you guys next week.
Save big money at Menards. Let the fresh air in and keep the bugs out with replacement screen for your doors and windows from AdForce. It's easy to install, durable against the elements, and comes in a variety of types to suit your needs. Repair your screens today with a roll of replacement screen on sale through May 5th. And check out more great deals happening now in our weekly flyer on Menards.com. Save big money.